You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. 8.34 Central African Time, uh, that time of the evening where we join our very own uh, Anwar Qasim on his segment, Drive-In with Anwar. Anwar, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell us how you're doing this fine, uh, beautiful Tuesday evening. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, Brother Shafat, beautiful rain we have after, I think, some very hot days. But alhamdulillah, very, very well. Well, as you said, uh, the rain uh, coming, it was a bit, uh, yeah, it was a bit hot, but uh, it had the chills in the morning. And as, uh, you know, we went around and uh, looked uh, what was going, uh, I mean, uh, you've been, uh, you know, driving up and down and you've been noticing uh, the potholes. Are they fixing the potholes? Are they fixing the roads? Are, you know, you found around us, are there too many trucks on the road, Anwar? You know, the irony is, and this is something personal, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, yeah, I, it was actually the councillor of Toti contacted me to fix one TLB. They got two. One is pensioned off or cordoned off completely, and the other one is so, so-called so mobile, and one of the hydraulic pipes were leaking. And just to answer your question, and anyway, apparently they asked for 18 million rand funding for the Toti area from the government, but they only received 18 million. So no funds to repair any of these TLBs. And there's only one TLB. And we know that if you have a burst water pipe, you know, especially on the main roads or so, you need a TLB to actually dig up and to backfill. Otherwise, they cannot uh, open the taps, you know. So anyway, I gave her an invoice. Obviously, I didn't really charge them much on labor because obviously it was two private people or companies that was funding the whole idea. And the irony is, uh, Brother Shafat, they had so much of funders because without the one TLB, nothing could be done in that area of Toti. And that itself will answer the question because obviously there's no potholes being done. There's, you know, uh, if you do see the guys, you see the guys with no uniform. Obviously, they, they, they somehow got the job or the contract and it filters all the way down to them, which they work for a pittance. And um, that the holes that they fill really doesn't last long. Actually, most of them do more damage. They leave more debris and, you know, all the leftovers behind and the, the vacated premises. So it is the duty of the people in the area to actually clean up after they've gone most of the time. So, you know, then we get the digging problem where you have unqualified people that's always digging up electrical or fiber lines. So, the, the infrastructure in South Africa on the whole is damaged. Really, it is, uh, Well, I know, you know, you're looking at the fuel table and, uh, you know, the price of fuel, uh, petrol 93 increased by uh, 37 uh, cents a litre. That is 93. Uh, 95 increased uh, by 37 cents a litre. Diesel, uh, you know, increased uh, of by 72 cents a litre. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, eliminating uh, uh, para- paraffin by 71 cents a litre. The only thing that went down, Anwar, guess it or not, was that the decrease of uh, LP gas uh, by 161 cents. Uh, so uh, perhaps uh, the question to pose to you, should people uh, go to gas for the cars, uh, you know, convert it into LPG, Anwar? LPG gas is... You know, cars in Japan and China have been using this gas for years. In total, I, I, it is estimated about 26 million vehicles worldwide use LPG gas. You can actually save 40% fuel on it, you know, but it has a lot of disadvantages also. 
And I, I think I'll start with the first and the most important being here in South Africa, if we look at uh, KZN, KZN only has one filling station with LPG gas. Johannesburg, I think, got about two. Cape Town, most of got two. Uh, so, really speaking, how uh, viable is it for LPG gas? Uh, because you must remember, the conversion alone costs close to 30,000 rands. To install the kit on the vehicle is another, I think, 2,950 rand is a set price what these guys do it, you know. So the other sector we actually need to look at is at 40% that you are saving, it sounds considerably high, but to recoup the money that you have outlaid will actually take you an average of four years. Now, how many of us really keep our cars for four years? You know, so it, and then I think the third, which is also uh, very relevant, is the fact that the warranty on the vehicle, the motor manufacturers, the car manufacturers, is not backing the LPG gas yet. It is safer, it is cleaner than our conventional fuel that we have, but they are not backing it, meaning that if something has to go wrong mechanically with your vehicle, they will not carry out the warranty reason being they're not backing it. So it has a lot more disadvantages than advantages. But yes, you know, the fact of the matter is it is much better. It uh, it does improve, you know, the, when it comes to emission. There's so many advantages also. But on the long term, considering that we inflation is so high at the uh, present moment, uh, you know, everyone's looking at the fuel uh, cost, and everyone's trying to bring the fuel cost down, but we also need to look at long term. It's exactly the same applies to solar paneling. Because of load shedding, because of the grateful or the wonderful government that we have that imposes load shedding all the time, you know, to so many areas at so many hours a day. I know Caton has about six to eight hours a day, I think, you know. So people are looking at alternative energy. And even then, once again, we look at the lithium, those batteries that they actually uh, have, those gel batteries. The duration, by the time you actually pay it off, a lot of people are trying to go off grid. You know, it will take you about an average of eight years on an average household. So is it really worth it? So you, you, one has to actually put pen to paper to really figure out, you know, how viable it is. It's okay if a person wants to run close, uh, you know, to the facility of the one LPG service station that we have in Durban. You know, then it's fine. But also needs to consider that if you live far away, it'll cost you relatively high to actually go there each time and fill up those gas. So how much are you saving? So it is a catch-22 when it comes to LPG, the British Fund. You know, I'm thinking loud here, Anwar. Uh, you know, does it make your car heavier or lighter? Because these gas tanks, we know how these cylinders are. How does it work, Anwar? I mean, will the car be, I mean, or that gas too, it's got weight, isn't it? Yes, it does. It's liquid, I guess. So all said and done, uh, a good example, our fuel is average, the cost is about 22 rand a litre. If you had to top up with LPG gas, it drops the figure down to 13 rands a litre, you know. So it's a considerable amount of saving. It's, uh, I mean, 40% is a lot of saving, you know, so it doesn't really make it heavier. The fact of the matter is people are looking at the point of saving fuel, saving that cost, you know, especially companies. So uh, I would actually say, and consider that it is much cleaner fuel. The problem is the same exists with charging stations, electric vehicles. We have such a poor infrastructure with 
introduction to anything that's new in the market, especially in South Africa, the government steps back and creates or he makes taxes out of everything we, we, we build and tax for, but he does absolutely nothing. I mean, considering the LPG gas, and we know the government actually pockets more money than the third party itself, you know, the, the money that, go, sorry, that goes into the road accident fund, you know. So it doesn't bother him. With his smirk on his face, he's very, very content and happy. You know, so I, I don't know about Shafat, you know. Um, I, it's as much as he says one thing. I mean, look at LPG gas. If you look at the emission, it, it has all the advantages and benefits, you know. And we should have had a government that will actually benefit the people. And considering that in 2030, we, we actually call to lower our, uh, our, our emission itself, our carbon emission, you know. So our government does absolutely nothing to help the people of the country, but benefit himself and his entourage that he has that is so useless in Parliament. Well, uh, you know, you're making a very bold statement there and a very loud and bold statement, which you can back up because uh, exactly that's what's happening. And, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, you being an economist and also a lecturer uh, there, uh, I mean, we talk about this article which which says uh, this type of fraud cost South African business, uh, businesses billions, and it's committed by their own employees. So employees uh, in South Africa, you know, costing the businesses uh, billions, and it's committed by their own employees. Uh, talk to us about the scenario, Anwar. It's all to do sickly, Brother Shafat. And I think, you know, the funny part, we all know friends and family members itself. Whenever there's a function or somebody books out a weekend, automatically the guy wants an extended leave, you know, or an extension of leave when it comes to actually his work. And you find that it has gone so big in South Africa. I myself personally know so many doctors are dispensing sick notes, not even looking at the person, you know, and the rates are so competitive because I know of people that actually got signals for 50 bucks. I mean, 50 rands, and yet they will get paid most probably three to 500 rands for the day they're not at work. So yes, it is a, a money-making or a, a savings, but also it is termed as fraud. Reason being, a person in a three-year cycle, if a person has to work for three years, he's entitled to 30 days of sick leave. Now, in the first uh, six months, he's, allowed, he's entitled to one day, and thereafter, obviously, 30 days. But it, it's actually costing the economy between 12 to 16 billion rands annually with the sick leave because there's a loss of production and obviously the businesses suffer to a certain degree, you know. So that itself will tell you, but, you know, really speaking, you can actually lose your job for this because the legislation has been passed many, many years ago, you know. I, I remember a case where a guy actually brought in a sick note and he worked for SARS itself. But fortunately for him, he was seen picketing on an EFF march in Johannesburg somewhere. And the bosses saw this, yeah, and they obviously fired him. So he took it to CCMA, and they won the first bout, and then it went to court. And obviously he lost, and he got dismissed as such because it was noted as fraud, you know. So, I mean, really speaking, if you're costing the company money, yes, it is uh, uh, actually fraud. So a lot of people are doing this. I don't know. Maybe people are just being tired. Maybe they're just overworked. Or maybe because they're lax in the way because they get away with it. I'm not really sure. Jazakallah for that, Anwar. And then uh, look at uh, the most powerful Mercedes ever unveiled in South Africa. 
I mean, uh, this is breaking news, Anwar, which is the most powerful Mercedes ever unveiled in SA. You know, uh, when the C63 actually came out, people were buzzed. They were amazed by the noise, the sound. It was a V8, 4-liter. You know, it was something out of this world. Everyone needed to get one. In fact, two days ago, a friend of mine phones me all hyped up and tells me, you know, I bought a limited edition uh, 2012 C63, and that was my dream car. I said, oh, damn, okay. Yet he drives uh, the new Golf 8 and everything. But all said and done, it was a craze of the time. It's still a craze now. But one of the fastest or the quickest uh, Mercedes to ever roll out was actually the uh, a six liter V12. It was known as a W222, the S65 AMG. It had a 463 kilowatt motor, I think, and somewhere around 1,000 newton meters of torque. What was the important factor is zero to 100. Now, all the kids of today, all the growing up teenagers, you know, uh, all talk about the quarter mile. So zero to 100 is, you know, very, very important for the people of today, I suppose. And this vehicle did 4.1 seconds. But the vehicle that is being introduced is the GT63 AMG. It has a 622 kilowatt motor with a 1400 newton meter torque. Zero to 100 on this vehicle, Abel Shafat, is only 2.9 seconds. Now, that is big. But our price tag has not been revealed as yet on this vehicle. They're talking about next year, uh, the unveiling of it. They're not really sure when next year. But people are estimating this vehicle to come in around the 4 million rand mark. So, yes, Mercedes all the way. Considering that Mercedes has dropped, I think, from 33 different models, they dropped to about 14 or 16, if I remember clearly. You know, because most of the C-Class are becoming redundant now. All those who that's got uh, the, the showrooms, whatever is there, is there, and that is it. Because a lot of vehicles, a lot of Mercedes uh, are actually being obsolete around the world, at least. So, AMG, I, I suppose it will hold another feather in somebody's cap somewhere down the line, because once it makes its mark, it's here to stay. No, absolutely. And uh, then we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about ESCOM uh, has uh, made a new car emissions a tax redundant. What's that all about, Anwar? You know, that's the irony of it, Shafat. Once again, uh, we can talk about the government again, because, you know, we... We are actually rated as one of the highest emission of polluters in the world, you know, because we're still running coal, you know, and this is the irony he wants to drop some of these taxes. And just to let our listeners know how these taxes work, you know, in 2010, if we go back in history, that's when we had the World Cup, and our government had a bright spark that lit up in his head and realized, hey, you know what, we need to start charging. A lot of countries are charging this emission taxes, and we, what we're going to do is we're going to keep it up with inflation rates. So what he decided at that period of time is to pick up by 2% annually, you know. So how it is calculated, basically, it is about 132 rands per gram for cars and 176 rands a gram for uh, buckies itself. And a good example, just to tell you how it works, if you look at the Toyota Hilux 2.8 double cab, emission taxes on the vehicle will land you 17600 That's obviously brand new. Secondhand, you don't really pay the emission tax on this. Now, the irony of the whole thing is we are being charged emission taxes on all these new cars. Right? And here we have a government that is still burning coal. 
right? And the second thing, his charges when it comes, his tariffs on import duties is so high on electric vehicles, electric com- uh, vehicle components, and the electric vehicle batteries itself. So instead of the government benefiting the people of this country with electric vehicles, he raises it much higher than the proposed tax what we have at the uh, with this uh, normal aspirated vehicles when it comes to emission taxes. So it's double standards basically. So I really don't know if the government even understands the the, the repercussions of what he's doing because the whole world is moving electric right now. Besides us, we are stagnant. You know, if you consider the price of electric vehicles in comparison with the other vehicles, you actually save more money buying a normally aspirated vehicle, you know, a normal combustion motor vehicle, in other words. So, uh, once again, our government does not benefit us even on that aspect of our brother Shafar. Sad indeed, and, uh, you know, nothing for the benefit of the people. But uh, for the fat cats, I mean, uh, the more they want, they get taxes everywhere, and they're actually taxing people to death. And then uh, you find a carrier blaze of the Dutch coast is carrying almost 500 electric cars. So those poor electric cars had a very, you know, fiery, fiery end onward. Yeah, most definitely. Our sympathies, I suppose, goes out to the one gentleman who had passed away and seven Mm. that is still in hospital. But all said and done, we are actually talking about the carrier on the Dutch coast, the free mantle that is 199 meters long. Now, 400 and some, or close to 500 electric vehicles. Uh, they say it was estimated it was carrying a total of about 5,000 vehicles, but out of this, about 490 uh, some vehicles were electric vehicles. Everyone's keeping harsh about it. Uh, the Dutch government actually is getting involved and has got these guys actually looking into it. And uh, some of them, you know, actually whispered that one of the batteries on electric vehicles exploded and that actually created a fire. And I think that the ship is still burning at the present moment. You know, so we can't really be sure exactly because one needs to understand the lithium-ion batteries on electric vehicles burns twice as much energy and as fast than our conventional batteries that we are known or prone to, you know, on our motor vehicles. So, yes, Brother uh, Shafan, it's not the first time. Uh, a few months ago, I, I think one of the carriers carrying all these luxury vehicles from Rolls-Royces to Mercedes to BMs and whatever, that sunk off the coast of somewhere also. So I suppose, you know, um, Lloyd's of London is, you know, uh, most probably shedding a tear somewhere along the line because most of the guys are, are actually insured with Lloyd's of London itself. They're the only one who can carry such amounts, I suppose, you know. So, and as for the car, uh, the vehicles that was on board the ship, everyone's keeping hush about this. So that itself, we really don't know. So, but we do know that some of it was uh, Japanese vehicles that was on that uh, ship. So, but unfortunately, we, we don't know. Not a lot has been said about that as yet. Now, you make a good point uh, because all the shipping lines are insured with Lloyd's uh, from London. And as I said, uh, most of those uh, bankers, they live in that part of the world. While we look at the this car too was famous in that part of the world, the UK. A new Mini is a top dog when it comes to tech. Hey, that's uh, fascinating. No, it is. When I, I remember when I had a Mini motor came into the workshop uh, about uh, two three years ago, identical to my F30 BMW motor, and obviously you know it, it is. Uh, owned by basically they are the ones that actually BMW technology is being used in the monies right now. 
So a lot of beer, if you look at the motors, if you look at a lot of things, is BMW. You know, so even the technology, the wiring harnesses, the looms, all that is that they actually teamed up with a Chinese uh, partner when they came to electronic on those vehicles. And some of the amazing features when it comes to technology on those vehicles, it actually has voice command. And your voice command will start off something like, hey, money, and then you command it to do whatever it is. And I find it a bit odd because, hey, money, I mean, really, who speaks that way? So at any rate, all said and done, uh, the dashboard, obviously, they kept the conventional round uh, dials on the vehicle that's fully digital and fully luminized. You have different eight different settings on this vehicle. You have a touch screen. You have uh, beautiful functions, really. Uh, uh, so you have full LED lights in the back. Uh, it's always a fourth generation mini. They kept the round headlights in the front. Um, the motor has been improved, obviously. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah, it has a backlight on the dash. And just to mention the backlight on the dash, about my, my son, uh, you know, being a teenager as such, you know, on his Jeep Wrangler, he wanted to actually have the backlight, you know, and under the seat, so you, you press a button and it only cost him 25 bucks, and that was amazing at China Mall. And it's such a beautiful, it has this illuminated blue, like, you know, very light, soft blue, you know. And I, I said the money's got exactly the same when I looked at it. In fact, that is the reason I read the article, because it looks exactly like the, the Jeep on the inside because of the blue light that he emitted, you know, according to the picture. But alhamdulillah, you know, very, very nice uh, vehicle. Uh, the software on this vehicle itself can be uploaded, you know, uh, just like that. So that is also easily uh, attainable. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. But uh, apparently it will only be unveiled in Munich itself. I, I think it's a German international show between the 1st to 10th of September when everything about this vehicle will be showcased to the world. So, yes, once again, money does it on the fourth generation, but I will still prefer that many government brothers Maybe I'm old school, but I remember I was in Standard 1, and one of the gentlemen in Spingo Beach had one, and I used to help him out. And I remember he used to give me one and two and take out his starter, put it back. And I used to do it quite often. I don't know whether he tried to repay it, because I did it quite a few times. And each time I call, he, he paid me a rand and two rand. There were a lot of money there way back in the time. So I suppose I took a liking to a small, dainty car because I was small myself, you know, and it's still... You know, I uh, kept that. I still kept that uh, thought. You know, itself about the money. So yes, if you look at the old money, the clubmans, you look at one to five, seven five. You know, you find that they are collectors' items and they sell for a lot of money right now. So I suppose a money fanatic, just like a Merc or any other vehicle fanatic, will go for the vehicles that they trust. And money is a trusted name in the market. No, absolutely, Anwar. And you know what I'm thinking about the uh, cars getting. Uh... Uh, you know, high tech and so forth. I mean, uh, repairing them. Uh, I mean, you you talk about diagnostics and uh, all that. So you have to go through the computer way of uh, doing or repairing a car. Uh, it's just a touch of a button or upgrading and that. How do they repair them, Anwar? You know, more, the, the, you know, just to touch on that, I have one of the launch machines. You know. And the funny part, I'm old school, Brother Shafar. I am a very simple person. My son is much more, you know, it, it seems like they're born with this gene that is to do with technology. You know, I, I still use one finger on my phone and everything. When I look at people type and WhatsApp, and I'm not a big WhatsApp fan, you know, and I think to myself, how the hell do they do that? You know, it's hard enough for me to do it on a keyboard, yet to do it on a phone. And they will really look at me and they'll be, you know, tight typing away on their phones. Likewise, when it comes to the, the, the machines that we have at the moment, you can actually go into a vehicle, 
you know, you, you can plug in your port there. You can actually sit in your house and you can, with the ignition on, you can control everything on the vehicle. It'll give you the fault finding of the vehicle. You can switch lights on. You can re-adapt the throttle body on it. You, you can, there is numerous amounts of functions. You actually code keys on the machines that we have. You know, uh, most of the keys, obviously, we know they're transponder keys. You can code keys. You, you can dim lights. You, you can do everything. You can test your fuel pumps. You can test your indicators. Uh, it's amazing what this technology has at the present moment. You know, uh, the, maybe, you know, t- about 20, 30 years ago, somebody mentioned it to me. I will laugh them off because most of the cars, fuel injection was just uh, surfacing at the time. Most of the vehicles were carburetor vehicles. But today's technology is unreal. You know, you can see the pulsing of each port. You can see the compression ratios of each port. So it, it goes on and on the list. So I, I suppose, you know, as we, we spoke about AI, you know, artificial intelligence, we find that these vehicles, if you look at most of the vehicles, in fact, the Mercedes I bought, I have never tried it as yet. You know, my son has tried it. My daughter has tried it. But I haven't. You touch a button, you leave the same, it parks itself. You know, and things like that. It's scary because here you are trusting a machine. To me, it's a piece of metal. It's a man-made. It's a machine. Yes, it's a remarkable machine, fair enough. But at the same time, I will still put my trust in and faith in myself more than a vehicle itself. So, uh, I, you know, the advancements, I think, to a point is, is becoming far-reaching, very, very far-fetched and far-reaching. You know, there was a time in school, I remember, when they said, you know, cars will drive itself. Yet today it became reality. Ten years from now, Brother Shafar, uh, Almighty knows exactly where, I don't know exactly where man will actually extend technology when it comes to vehicles. And we know we've got flying cars at the moment, you know. So, Alhamdulillah, I suppose, as I say, fourth industrial revolution, we've got to move with times. My kids tell me I'm old school. So, I, I like old school. That is simple, Brother Shafar. Well, uh, you have uh, adapted uh, to high-tech also, Anwar. Perhaps your parting words uh, this evening? Well, alhamdulillah, Brother Shafar, a uh, busy week ahead as usual, you know, alhamdulillah. But all said and done, we had the last few pleasant weeks, you know, had a few mates, I suppose, friends, families, you know, that goes without saying. And inshallah, you know, all the people out there, brothers and sisters, you know, the time that we have in this dunya is so limited. And, you know, Brother Shafar, we, I try to catch up as much namaz as I can. I try to pay back, you know, in my deen itself by just reading my namaz, being comfortable with myself, having that ease, having that peaceful sleep. And inshallah, you know, if we don't start now, you know, we'll never start. And I try to, you know, encourage my kids to do the same. And alhamdulillah, they are also, you know, starting off. And kids sometimes, they lose here and there. But alhamdulillah, they're doing exceptionally well at the present moment. You know, so people out there, you know, this world, this dunya, things that we chase, that is necessity to a point also, you know, the competition that we have with each other, you know, make it something that is of a past, you know, just change our lifestyle and live a better, healthier life, inshallah. Zakallah Anwar, you have a beautiful, a lovely evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, Anwar Qasim, they're keeping us going on driving with Anwar. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan, and uh, thereafter, we Morana Salim Karim and Ayub uh, Morana. I uh, know it will be Muhammad Ayub uh, Ayaz. Uh, it will be Muhammad Ayaz Karim. Also on uh, the segment, uh, uh, what they call it, Travel Express. Let us uh, go for the Isha Zan.